Here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News, and yeah, you just heard um, David talking about this ruling uh, with the Escambia County School District, and a lot of stuff in this ruling. It's, it's actually very interesting. Um, all, all they did, by the way, they did not say the Escambia County is wrong for the books that it wants to remove from the school libraries. It didn't even say that the state is wrong for the law that it put into place with which Escambia County and, of course, Santa Rosa and every other county uh, are trying to comply. It didn't say that. It, it didn't say that the lawsuit would win eventually and that the books would be back in the schools uh, or in the libraries at the schools. It didn't say any of that. What it said was that you don't get a blank check and therefore the lawsuit shouldn't get just summarily dismissed. Because what Escambia County wanted to claim was, and I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm, I almost side with them on the almost, not quite, but almost. What they wanted to say is, look, we run a school district. We have the power and the prerogative and the uh, you know elected authority to decide which books are in the library. We do get to decide which books are in the library, right? And if we get to decide that, because that's what the people elect us to do as a school board, and you know, ultimately as the superintendent appointed and then the principals hired, and all the whole apparatus of the school district represents the will of the voters. Do we not have the power to decide, for example, the curriculum? Do we not have the power to decide you know, what, what things are in the library? And the answer is, well, you would think so. Like if they declined to buy certain books, would you have the ability to make a lawsuit to say you, you must buy these books? It seems unlikely, right? You couldn't take a lawsuit to force them to buy, for example, LGBTQ books. right? I mean, or books that are highly pornographic. Not the same thing, by the way. And they're removed from the shelves for very different reasons. So, it's, you know, there's certainly a viewpoint where you can see why the county would say this lawsuit ought to be dismissed. We get to decide what we buy. We get to decide what's in, in the library. The response by the judge is, yeah, but there are limits on the me on the reasons that you can have for removing books. Yes, obviously you can remove pornography. That's number one. You know, obscenity and pornography can be removed because, well, you know, they're illegal to show to children. So, yes, obviously it makes sense that. And so if all Escambia County had ever done was to remove books that are obscene or pornographic, I think it would have been summary judgment. It would have been dismissal. It would have been dismissal. But in addition to that, you have compliance with the new law, right? Books that are objectionable content under the new law passed. And that's one that's not so obvious. Because if you don't take for granted the premise that the school district can just get rid of whatever it wants to get rid of, then you start to look at, well, is it discriminating against a group of people? Or is it, you know, picking books on the basis of, as the judge mentioned, as David mentioned, uh, moral viewpoint? You know, because what he's saying is that the, the school district cannot simply pick the books that it likes morally and avoid the books or get rid of the books that it dislikes morally because that's imposing a viewpoint and they're supposed to be viewpoint neutral. 
in what they do in what they allow in terms of the library. And so this dismissal, uh, this avoidance of a dismissal of the lawsuit is a way of saying that, hey, there's more to this than kind of the obvious thing. Also, something that came up, by the way, PNJ doing really good reporting on this. Brittany Mesnick, uh, I think, Meisnick or Misnick, I'm not quite sure how you say her last name. Um, I don't think I've met her in person, but uh, doing a really good job reporting on this. And one of the things she also pointed out that, for example, like, uh, you know, News Service of Florida has a short blurb on this, but the uh, PNJ article is actually much more in depth. Very good. And one of the things that she wrote about is that the judge said, look, one of your other problems that you have, in addition to just the question of sanity and pornography and viewpoints and all of that, is um, that when you're when you're deciding which books that you can have in the classroom, or which books that you, that you're not going to have in the classroom, you you can't just decide on the basis of morality, but also uh, you can't just put books in permanent limbo. Like you kind of, it's not going to get said this way, but it's almost like the books have due process rights. In a sense, you know, because you can't just put people in jail and hold them indefinitely. It's the same. I mean, it's it's not the same, but it's kind of like that for the books. If you can't just, you know, remove a book because, for example, it talks about um, gay issues, as an example. Um, if you can't remove that book, you can't also put it into a process that de facto removes it because it takes you a year to review the book. And so that's the other problem is that these things weren't done in an expeditious way, and so they wind up being a kind of a uh, default ban that might be illegitimate. So there's a lot of factors swirling over this question of you know the books and them being removed from the libraries, and it's a, it's a complicated issue. And I think, frankly, Escambia County has not done a great job of this. And, you know, um, they could have been more expeditious. They could have adopted quicker policies. They could. They were really slow to process these books. Now, I know part of that is because what the school board wanted to do was give every book a really thorough, fair hearing. And I, I, mean, I get that. There's, there's counterbalancing interest here. But it's a fairly complicated question. It's certainly not as easy as the woman who stood on the steps of the courthouse and talked about, is the school board listening? The state doesn't have unlimited power. Okay, that, that's not really what the judge said either. Um, it's not a win for those books, not yet, but it is a temporary um, it's a temporary not loss <laughs> for those books is maybe the way you want to look at it. 516 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Uh, the debate last night. Um what does it mean? <laughs> like, if all you knew of Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley is what you saw last night, you wouldn't much like either one of them. It was just, you know. You're a liar. You're a liar. You're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. You're a poopy face. You don't like dogs. I mean, it just I watched the first, you know, just the opening salvo, and I'm and watch the rest of the debate, of course, too. But it just seemed so juvenile and petty and bickering, and I I can I can get that with the other guy, <laughs> you know, I I don't. I'm looking for more. I'm looking for leaders. I'm looking for, I don't know, somebody who kind of inspires me with the idea that this country is great and you can continue the greatness or restore the greatness or not, you know, make it greatness again. But, you know, <laughs> just show me somebody I can get happy about voting for. And listen, I have said, and I would still say, that uh, either of them would make a great president. 
I, th- I think that either Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis would make a great president. And so, you know, I kind of hate being forced to pick between them because I like them both for sort of different reasons. But a lot of, you know, I, I think that, and I just wish one of them even, let alone both of them, might not have taken the approach of saying, you know what, um, we're both way ahead of Trump, which is, of course, what they they have to say, but they kind of got to be cautious about saying it. Um, but also, you know, if Governor DeSantis said, I really like Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley was a very good governor. She was a good ambassador. She's a good person. She's a good Republican. Uh, People like her. She's good at leadership. Here's what I think I can do better than she does. (laughs) Oh, Yeah, I'm with you, bro. Or if she had said, Governor DeSantis is sincere. Governor DeSantis has his convictions. Governor DeSantis does things that I don't necessarily agree with all the time. But Governor DeSantis has really done well with Florida in COVID, with his budget, with it. You, you know what I mean? Like, but here's where we differ, and here's where I think I can do better. Here's why I think that it would be better for America, and also here's why I think I'd be better poised to beat Trump in the primaries or to beat Biden in the general election. You you can say the same stuff and say it that way. You you don't have to try to convince me that this person that my eyes say would be a good alternative is a terrible, horrible, hypocrite liar of a choice. They're not. Neither one of them is. So I, I, I want better. I do. I want better. And I didn't see better on the stage last night. I saw, you know... Mean girl tweets. <laughs> that's what it's you know. That's what it felt like to me. Uh, and I hadn't. I had seen some of that in the run-up debates. Of course, Chris Christie's out now, and uh, he says you know he's not going to endorse Nikki Haley because that is you know if she winds up being the VP, he can't endorse Trump, and that would be a de facto endorsement for Trump. Um, you know, he says she can't win anyway. He's not going to endorse DeSantis at least not yet. I mean, who knows? But he said he's out because he doesn't want to. The, the main bo- point from him is is to defeat Trump, and he doesn't want to distract from that. So. Okay, well, we're da- it is weird, by the way, before any votes have even been cast that we're down to three. That's kind of unusual in the uh, non-incumbent party. But uh, we do have, you know, Iowa's coming up on Monday, and you saw what you saw. And then Trump has his counter-programming, you know, on Fox, which I still say it's highly illegitimate to have a candidate who is eligible for the debates but refuses to debate because he's so far ahead, and yet you've got another source of news, like Fox, is going to counter-program CNN. They're going to host debates when it favors them, and then they're not going. And then they're going to host anti-debates when it favors them. Like you're either part of this system and this process, or you're not. You know, if I'm if I'm Fox, what I say is the same thing that I say here as the host of this show. I'm not covering the town hall because it's an illegitimate forum. And if you're Fox, you say, you know, we believe in this process of debates. This is why we actually hosted a debate. So we're not going to give you free airtime to avoid a debate. No, sir. No. Uh, But, you know, they did what they did, and I would say it was immoral of them to do it, unethical of them to do it, and it's not the first time a news organization has made that kind of a choice, but that's how I look at it. 521 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. 
Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru. The men and women here at Anderson Subaru are committed to the Subaru love promise, a promise between us and our communities, a promise to make the Gulf Coast a better place to live, to work, and to play. And we're proud of what we've accomplished. From our ongoing support of the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association and Ascension Sacred Heart to volunteering with Feeding the Gulf Coast, we've conducted clothing drives for loaves and fishes and charity auctions for Gulf Coast Kids House, and we support Sherwood Elementary School in multiple ways. We're committed to the pets in our communities too. By supporting dog adoption events with Phoenix Rising Rescue, Barktoberfest with Pensacola Humane Society, and Potty Gras with Wolfgang Park and Brews. And the love continues through donations, volunteering, and monetary support. Anderson Subaru is making a difference in the lives of our neighbors and our community. The Subaru Love Promise. That's a promise we intend to keep at Anderson Subaru Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be a sign that your digestive system isn't working at its best? Taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil fiber powders help promote your daily digestive health using a plant-based fiber called psyllium. The gelling action of this special fiber traps and removes waste so you can feel lighter and more energetic. Metamucil, promoting digestive health for a better you. Learn more at metamucil.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, this is Dr. Ben McMillan. I do a show on the Pensacola Expert Panel. We talk about your health problems. Let me educate you about the Activator Method of Adjusting, which offers a safe and effective alternative to traditional manual adjustments. So whether you've been hurt in a car accident or have been suffering from back or neck pain, chiropractic care could be your solution and not just a temporary fix. Join me tomorrow on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. The Queen Sleep Number C2 Smart Bed is now only $9.90. Plus, free home delivery when you add any base. Ends Monday. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. News Radio 92.3 gets you live programming every day from 5 a.m. until 7 p.m. on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. He said, I don't know what it's like to be a black person. I'm Mr. Black People. Good morning, 524 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. And in the newsroom, David Wayne joins us with our headlines. David? Well, after a major storm in the eastern U.S., cleaning up from the uh, northeast to the deep south is underway. Uh, rivers are starting to flood, and uh, apparently over 120,000 homes across the northeast still without power last night. So hopefully uh, they all get that cleaned up today. Or in the near future, American CEOs say the country's rising national debt, Andrew, is the biggest geopolitical risk for 2024. That's according to the conference board's C-Suite Outlook 2024. The survey of CEOs and C-Suite executives also uh, pointed to an increase in cyber attacks, wars in Israel and Ukraine, and higher energy prices. And uh, Nick Saban, now moving on to the next chapter in his life, 
The Alabama head football coach has announced he will be retiring. He released a statement on Wednesday. He said that uh, 17 years spent in Tuscaloosa wasn't just about wins and losses, but about legacy. It's it's amazing how effective he's been. I mean, there are no there's no superlative that's too strong. You know, I'm not an Alabama fan, obviously, as an Auburn fan, but you've got to respect the body of work. <laughs> just, I mean, it's, it's 17 seasons and six national championships just at Alabama, not counting all the stuff prior to that, is insane. I mean, every three years you're winning the national championship on average, that's <laughs> – I wish we had it. You know, you're like, you know, that's envy. envy. You know, anybody who, um, you know, has anything other than praise words for him – you know, and and a coach who did it, you know, sort of the right way, and um, you know, at least most all of the time. I mean, just no, it's it's amazing. And I know Alabama fans are like, "What now?" Of course, you've come to expect that you have this dominant team, and so it's you know a little bit jeopardizing to that identity. But no, fantastic coach, unbelievable coach, and uh, you know, so many NFL prospects, so many development of young men incidents. It's just you know, there there are no words that can that can overstate it. Frankly, five twenty five here on News Radio ninety two three informative. Local, dependable. Um, no, I'm not getting into that right now. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I have some stuff that's kind of, you know, <laughs> at some point we might get into. I will say this. Um, Santa Rosa County today in the county commission meeting is going to have an interesting discussion because um, on Monday we never did talk much about it, but a lot of talk again about the rules and procedures for public comment. And the short version of this was that uh, Sam Parker was – going to get rid of having the individuals talk on agenda items you know you could talk in the public forum at the beginning of the meeting for four minutes on monday and on thursday and that would give you eight minutes total to comment on any item you wanted to comment on or things that are not even on the agenda but he wasn't going to have it in the agenda items and then on monday he proposed you know one of the things that people have been criticizing us for is that they don't know where the commissioners stand before they get to talk and so maybe we could move the public forum to the end of the Monday meeting. That way they could respond to what we say. Then they wound up, you know, kind of scrapping that. Um, James Calkins, um actually said, you know, he's kind of open to change. Let's try something. I'm willing. The chairman runs the meeting. He makes the decision how he sees fit. And, and I'll tell you, there's some things I agree with certain chairmen and some things I don't. But I'm always okay with giving things a shot. Let's try it out, see how it works. If it doesn't work, then... We'll change it. Yeah, which I kind of like that approach always. And, uh, you know, he says, look, we give eight minutes, and that's what Hawkins said. We give eight minutes, which is way more than uh, neighboring counties allow and neighboring municipalities allow, which is true. Um, but even so, then Kerry Smith says. Well, I just want to expand on the eight minutes in other counties. I could care less what any other county around us does. See, I get that in the sense that we're going to do things our way. But I disagree with that in another sense, that you can see what other agencies do and learn from that. You know, Florida can say we don't really care what Georgia and Illinois and California are going to do, but the part of the point of having these experiments in the 50 different states is that you can watch them and see what works. And I think it's foolish, frankly, to say I'm not going to watch what these other 
counties or cities do and learn from their procedure if they come up with a good procedure. So I agree with Kerry on the one hand, but I disagree with that general dismissal of, you know, I'm not going to pay attention to them because I don't want to learn. And I, th- I think he would probably say, well, that's not really what I meant. I know, but it's what you said. OK, so I get that. And also on top of that, as far as this meeting goes, we are going to discuss procedures because we're not I'm not comfortable with a chair turning things totally upside down and this no offense to you I, I i respect what you what you're trying to accomplish but i'm not on board with it and by the way I, I i agree with that too part of the problem you've had is that every time we get a new chair in santa rosa county you get a whole new set of rules and that's something you don't really see in like the escambia county commission or you know the city of pensacola uh, you just don't see those that kind of big upheaval in the way these things get done. And so I agree with that. But it is the chairman's right to tinker. And if there's a problem, and I think there has been a problem in Santa Rosa County with, frankly, uh, you know, bad behavior, overparticipation, and you know, too much drama, even though it's good for my show, it's not good for the business of running the government. Uh, so what they settled on in the end they're going to finalize today is the idea of three minutes in the public forum on anything and then two minutes in the agenda on the agenda. And I am really glad Sam Parker changed his mind on that because I think that is a very important thing for the citizens to be able to say on the agenda subject in the meeting. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley one-on-one at the last Republican debate before the Iowa caucuses Monday. They're split on financial support for Ukraine's war with Russia. They will not tell you uh, when the, the, uh, they have achieved their goal, uh, and this is going to go on maybe hundreds of billions more into the future. Russia said once they take Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. Those are NATO countries, and that puts America at war. The debate on CNN in Des Moines, Iowa, where former President Trump did a town hall event on Fox. We were so successful that the country was coming together. It was actually coming together and coming together well. It was a beautiful thing to see. And we're going to do that again. Chris Christie suspends his campaign for the Republican nomination, caught on a hot mic before the announcement talking about Haley. She's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. 531 at News Radio 923. It's 46 degrees right now. Partly cloudy skies this morning in Pensacola. The Escambia Sheriff's Office has now launched a homicide investigation after the body of 21-year-old Marvis Bedgood was found. According to Channel 3, Bedgood was reported missing in mid-December. He had last been heard from December 18th. Investigators say the body was found in a wooded area off Pinestead Road on Sunday evening. They also believe foul play is suspected. The Florida Highway Patrol says a 34-year-old Pensacola woman died after a crash on Mobile Highway yesterday morning. FHP says the woman was driving when she suddenly veered left, crossed the center line into the opposing lane, then drove off the road altogether. A 6- and a 9-year-old girls were also in the vehicle. They were both taken to a local hospital with minor injuries after that crash. Well, it turns out the Navarre Beach Pier isn't going to be closed that long after all. Santa Rosa County officials have confirmed that while repairs are still being made, the pier will be reopening today. The county says it's been deemed safe for visitors that want to walk or fish. The pier was damaged on Tuesday morning when that round of severe weather made its way through our area. The first free day for the Gulf Islands National Seashore is coming up next week. 
The National Park Service is waiving entry fees for Martin Luther King Jr. Day on January 15th. That's next Monday. It's the first of five days this year you can get in at no charge. The next being April 20th for the first day of National Park Week. You can also get in for free on Juneteenth. Great American Outdoors Day in August and National Public Lands Day in September. The National Park Service says the Gulf Islands National Seashore was visited by 5.9 million people last year. That's more visitors than the Grand Canyon, Zion, Rocky Mountain, or Yellowstone National Park, Scott. Looks like the town of Century is looking to hire a new auditor. The town set up a new auditor selection committee, which met this week and submitted a request for proposals from interested firms. Last year's state audit was filed nearly three months late. North Escambia reports the town missed the state-mandated audit deadlines each year for nearly a decade. An Escambia County jury has found a second suspect guilty in the deadly 2021 shooting of local football star Ladarius Clarity. Yesterday, 22-year-old Amos Snowden was convicted of first-degree premeditated murder. He'll serve a mandatory sentence of life in prison. His brother, Decavion Snowden, is also serving life in prison after being convicted last July. Clarity was killed on July 1, 2021, while driving near Hollywood Avenue and Fairfield Drive. At the time, Escambia County Sheriff Chip Simmons said the car was shot at over 50 times. The investigators believed it was a case of mistaken identity, saying the shooters meant to target someone else. It is 534. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 forecast this morning. We are going to be seeing a nice partly cloudy day today with temperatures warming up near 65 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 54. Much warmer for our Friday with temperatures topping out near 71 degrees. Showers and thunderstorms move in in the late morning and the afternoon hours. 70% chance of rain overall. Low Friday night dropping near 32 degrees. We're going to stay sunny as you go into the weekend with temperatures much cooler with highs in the 50s. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 46 in Pensacola. 47 in Gulf Breeze, 42 in Milton. Our next news at 6, breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Hey, Pensacola, get ready for a midday delight that'll have you hooked. Weekdays from 11 until 2 on News Radio Pensacola. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins are their dynamic trio that'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud during your lunch break. They dish out the hottest topics, bring you the latest news, and deliver their unique blend of humor and insight that'll have you coming back for more. It's the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show on News Radio Pensacola. 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. 
The cooler weather in Pensacola is a great time of the year for gardening, whether it's planting roses, planting shrubs and trees and cool weather color, and of course, planning for spring. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesdays, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. Sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, Barnes Feed Store, and Lucky's Pine Straw. Here are the News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 contest rules. You can win one prize per household per contest in any 30-day period, unless specified by individual contest rules. All prizes on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 are non-transferable, non-redeemable for cash, or exchangeable for any other prize. News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 prizes must be redeemed within a 30-day period of winning. For a complete list of rules, visit NewsRadio92.3.com. All the big national news in a conversation with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins from 11 till 2 on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. We are not decided. We haven't made the 100% decision to demolish. But going back to what I mentioned about the, you know, being respectful of the taxpayer, we have to enter this project with the idea that we would demolish. This is uh, Mayor D.C. Reeves during his press conference on Tuesday talking about the ongoing uh, issues surrounding the old Baptist uh, property. Uh, West Moreno Street and what to do with it and the cost of demolition, which is currently pegged at in the vicinity of $16.5 million. Uh, the state is going to give about eight, maybe, um, probably, hopefully. Uh, Baptist is going to contribute some maybe in the vicinity of three. Then the question is, what about the remainder? What do you do with that five? Split it with the county and the city. And, you know, uh, obviously the Baptist owns the property right now. The city would like to own the property. But the city doesn't want to own the property and then suddenly have to pay a lot of extra money because it turns out that the price isn't 16, but is really 20 or you know 25 or goodness knows, you know, what it might be. And so, um, you know, and what else would you do with the property other than just plain tear it down? Uh, and, you know, if... D.C. doesn't agree to take the money from the state because he's agreeing to demolish it, then they're not going to give the money, but doesn't want to take the money and then wind up on the hook for a bunch of extra cost for the city. So there's a lot of issues surrounding this. We talked about it yesterday with Mayor D.C. Reeves. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Good so, morning. Good to have you. So my one question is, and you did talk a little bit about this yesterday, but if the property doesn't get demolished, when what's the alternative? It can't just sit there for forever and ever, can it? Right. I mean, there's a couple things. Obviously, uh, like any you know building that that would be you know not being used would have to be held to certain standards, or you know it end up being code issues, and that would be anywhere. But no, I mean, what I was saying is bigger than that. I get a lot of emails and, and people reaching out saying, "Hey, I've got an idea. I just got an email last night. I got an idea. Why are you going to tear the buildings down? Why don't you repurpose them now?" We there have been, and Baptist can speak to this better than me. Several people with that same idea that have gone into the towers and walked out uh, with with uh, shrugged shoulders, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, so, but but that's not necessarily a decision that has to be made today. What needs, and that's what I was saying during the press conference, is look, we have to treat this as if we need the funding to get the buildings demolished. Now, if there's a way to save Tower Three because of X, Y, and Z, and then that could be repurposed. Uh, you know, uh, the way I see it is that if this all happens and the funding happens, 
the city is going to have significant expense uh, or the master developer in terms of getting it shovel ready. I mean, there, there's environmental questions under there, you know, so so that's why I've been very uh, I've tried to be very conscious of the taxpayer on the front end of this, because, look, there's a lot of unknowns to this property moving forward. So, you know, how much money the city and county puts in, how much money the Baptist puts in and how the sta- the capital is stacked here. Uh, you know, you have to go under the presumption that there's going to be some costs after the demolition. And um, so, you know, I'm trying to be mindful of that as well. So, so doesn't, uh, but, but we've got to treat it as if we need all the money. But doesn't that run the risk? Because you're, aren't you running the risk of losing the state money? I, I totally get the concern about the cost being a lot higher than just 16 and a half. But if you can't say we're going to demolish it, then maybe we can't get the eight million from the state either, right? Isn't that a, a risk? No, yeah. Uh, let me let me correct that. Yes, the, the project, as it is stated, is to demolish the building. I guess what I was saying is there's so much more work to do. There there isn't going to be a scenario, uh, just to be clear, that there's going to be no uh, demolishing and that we would repurpose everything. That, that that's not going to happen purely because of environmental. If there are fragments of of the legacy campus that could be saved. Those are things we can entertain. But but I'm saying we are, as far as the project goes, we are moving forward that it will take full abatement and and the, and the demolish uh, demolishment of the main campus and towers. That's that's how we're treating it at this point. So um, no, we're not we're not getting into it. That's kind of my point, Andrew. We're not getting into discussions about can we save this tower or that floor or this part of the building. At this point, okay. a lot of people want to have those conversations with us and with the Baptist, but it, they're just not it's not the right time to even have those. We have to treat this as that we're going to demolish the entire thing. And I would I would say sitting here right now, percentages say that will be, uh, the, the, you know, that is that is the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak, of uh, of what will end up having to happen there. I know from everything that we know so far. One of the concerns you clearly expressed yesterday was that, uh, you know, the unknowns, as you even said this morning, the, the unknowns and the potential additional costs on top of that $16.5 million. Um, but is it not, could you not put out for an RFQ or an RFP or something to get a, you know, get a couple of numbers so then you could feel more confident about making the obligation or, you know, really making a decision so that we could get the, like, the state money secured and then start looking for the other sources with the county and all that? We could, um, you know, we there there were several. When we started going down the direction of a formal donation agreement, yeah. uh, which was the first step we took, uh, you know, we had several environmental questions that were going to that were going to take longer than this legislative session to answer, um, and that's how we why we've pivoted into more of this non-binding letter of intent was to say, hey, we 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 Baptist and the city are in general agreement that if we're able to procure the funding that the city is amenable to taking the property. That's ultimately what, what okay. we have signed at this point. Okay. Um, and so, so look, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, what we're looking for is, and I mentioned is, uh, I, I think this is, this could be a transformational project. We want to be as helpful as po- possible. I know uh, Baptist wants to see this happen. Certainly we do. Uh, but I also have other responsibilities of, you know, the, the worst case scenario for the city is to get partial funding. And then and then take donation of the property. Yeah, uh, because as I said, we already have unknowns with full funding uh, of the property. Uh, if we start getting into partial funding of the property, uh, that's just not something. As, as much as I want to see this happen, that's not something that I can put on the taxpayer at this point because there we, we got enough unknowns as it is. And 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 what I've said to everybody involved in this, I think you know our delegation, Baptist is look. There's a little bit of risk in this in all for all of us, but but for great things to happen and for a transformational project to happen. You know, this is not going to work out 
with you know, with the little risk that I want to take or that the delegation wants to take or that Baptist wants to take. We're, we're just going to all have to say, hey, we're going to put our heads together. There's going to be some discomfort in, in making this happen for all of us in some way, uh, be it financial or bandwidth or, or uh, whatever. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and, and by the way, I totally understand that uh, there have been some experiences so far under your uh, mayorship where costs have been higher and unexpectedly higher for a variety of infrastructure and you know building things that you, you, it's very reasonable for you to think that the cost might be more than uh, initially anticipated. We have a, uh, a very particular question for Mayor Reeves that will pertain to other people, but it's uniquely also pertains to me. City council chambers, if I'm not mistaken, you said are actually under renovation now, which is why you're not doing meetings there. Still, you're going to video stream the meetings and podcasts or, and post the videos of the council meetings, yes? Uh, yeah, we are ha- we're moving them to Hagler Mason, so we already have the infrastructure. Oh, good. Okay, so it's all set up. Okay. To, uh, so we've we've actually, if you haven't been, it looks uh, it looks really nice. We've redone Hagler, which of course is where a lot of our citizens interact or or play a part in city government uh, in terms of you know committees and boards and things like that. And so uh, that has been refreshed and revamped. Uh, you, you won't recognize it from uh, from the 1970s uh, previously and. And honestly, that's the same thing with council chambers. You know, there's kind of a running joke, but it's not a joke that the chair that I sit in at the mayor's office is older than me. Um, <laughs> you know, in, in, in council chambers. And um, you know, the other thing I would say is, you know, the we've had the furniture and some of those the fixtures so long that they've become vintage. They might be actually worth more than they would have been. Uh, I wonder if they might be ago, uh, protected under historical preservation. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like exactly. Yeah, we, we care about that. That's you know, right. The city. We, and we certainly have done that with our furniture. So, um, you know, but I think it's good. At the end of the day, where the citizen interacts, I think it's, you know, we should show our employees, we should show our citizens, these folks who do invest their time and energy into to helping city government, you know, that we show that say, hey, this matters to us, that when you Agreed. walk in City I, yeah. Hall. And that, and that was like, budgeted. They've been know, working on that respect. yeah, from before that. So that's all good. Uh, new city attorney, Adam Cobb, uh, at least if he gets confirmed uh, by the city council next week. Um, the one thing I noted on his resume is he was uh, accomplishment was defeating the fish hatchery and also prote- protecting public access for uh, beaches, I think, in Escambia County. Um, so I guess he was kind of an adversary to the city, uh, at least to a former mayor, uh, on a project in the city previously, right? Yeah, well, it, it, what, I, what I really like about uh, uh, Adam's work so far is, of course, all of his experience, and he's really one of the most respected real estate attorneys uh, in the city and the region, and as you can, I mean, we could rattle off, you could rattle off how many projects that we have coming up, whether it be Maritime Park, Baptist Hospital, American Magic, um, and others that uh, so much of what we do is either ordinance related or real estate related, um, you know, lease related yeah. uh, in terms of uh, work at the city. So so that's the ideal skill set you'd want for any city attorney. Uh, and then I mentioned in the press conference, you know, I like the fact that uh, this is someone who grew up here, moved away. Uh, built a lot of experience, moved back here, uh, actually kind of around the same time I did, and and wants this uh, opportunity not because he needs it, uh, but because he cares about this city, which is uh, very similar to how I feel about my job. This is not something that, that I had to do. This is something that uh, I wanted to step in. because I wanted to do it because I care about this place and, and where my daughter's going to grow up and all of those things. So, um, so I like that mentality coming into a job that you have this greater sense of purpose of why you're doing it. And um, so certainly excited to get him on. I know our city attorney offices uh, and John Daniel and Begman Lane have done an awesome job. They'll continue to play roles in certain 
aspects of the airport and others as they were doing previously when we had a, a full-time city attorney on board. So what? excited to get Adam on board, and we're expecting early February. Do you anticipate he's going to shuffle the rest of staff at all? Because there's other people that work for you in the city attorney's office, just not you don't have a lead. Does, has he expressed any um, any plans for the rest of the staff in the, in the attorney's office? Well, uh, what I'd say the precedent so far in this administration is any department director is going to come in and, and they deserve to have the purview to make, you know, any assessment they want. That Not just being staffing, but, you know, how it's organized, what mm-hmm. what is this person's scope and that person's scope. Um, certainly, any department director is going to be held accountable to make sure that their department is successful. Well, the only way to do that is that the department runs the way that they need it to run for it to be successful. So. Um, so I don't really stand in the way of those types of decisions, uh, you know, because how, if I do, how can I hold that person accountable uh, to to performance in their department? So, I gotcha. uh, like, so no different. Like any Parks and Rec, uh, we actually are excited. We're starting a, a facilities and fleet management division now um, because we're really taking maintenance. Uh, you're going to see that on the January agenda that we're hiring uh, a director over uh, facilities and fleet. So okay. we actually are we care enough about maintenance to say. How we take care of our vehicles and our assets, our buildings, is now not secondary parts of public works and sanitation, but it's its own department. And and so we're really trying to, you know, kind of put our effort where our mouth is on that. And uh, so same thing for, for him as well, okay. is that he'll have the purview to set that up the way he needs to. Um, next week in the meeting, you're going to do the second reading for the building height ordinance, the red light camera ordinance, the driver safety panhandling ordinance, and the tree trimming ordinance. Um, and those things didn't even make your list of priorities for the year. I guess you're counting them as December accomplishments. So <laughs> we'll look forward to a big meeting next week. Uh, we always like to get uh, to talk about some frivolous, silly things, lightning round kind of stuff with the mayor. Uh, when you cut into a king cake with the knife, let's say you're in a, uh, a public area like at work. Let's say there's a king cake served mm-hmm. at the uh, city hall. What do you do with the knife after you cut into it? Uh, I set it right in the middle of the king cake. You know, <laughs> uh, you know the, it's usually plastic. It's, you know, it's, up, it's up on the seventh floor. You know? All right, very uh, good. That, that's my last memory of doing that. You don't stab it like Excalibur. Okay, fair enough. Well, this is a question we talked about uh, earlier in the week. I'll try that next Next yeah. year, or this, this Mardi Gras season, I'll try it. When you were a kid, where was that special place that your parents took you? Could be a restaurant. doesn't have to be a restaurant. Uh, oh, I mean, I'm talking the old school Chuck E. Cheese. Same location, uh, but, you know, the scary uh, mechanical uh, version. <laughs> Animatronic uh, the, Five Nights yeah, at Freddy's Chuck E. Cheese. All right. I like that. Exactly. And showbiz. Then, Sorry, showbiz. showbiz. Oh, no. Okay. And then the last thing is, um, I don't know if you did this yesterday with the day off of school, but uh, what's a good school day activity either you remember from your youth or that you did uh, with the kiddo? Um. With, with Caroline, uh, yeah, p- uh, or with when I was a kid. Either way, you know the weather activity. Oh, What's the fun thing? You. Well, right, it's sports. I would say because I mean I, that's all I did growing up was after school play basketball, baseball, everything, and then now Caroline's a, a big tennis player, so I'm out there as an amateur coach, uh, you know, throwing tennis balls uh, to her whenever I can. So I we're, got we're you. Just talking about doing that this weekend. So. Very good, Mayor DC Reeves. Always a pleasure to talk to you. We look forward to the uh, press conference and our interview, and of course the meeting next week. Uh, and as always, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I did think it was kind of uh, funny that he, you know, he put out this list of 24 things he wants to accomplish in 2024. And, you know, th- seriously, like the red light cameras and the building height. And there was a couple of other things as well that are all on the panhandling ordinance. 
public safety and driving ordinance, whatever. Um, and the uh, tree trimming one, like, didn't even include those on the list because <laughs> they're already, like, in the works. It's already kind of done deals. Uh, but I guess, you know, you didn't want to be like, here's the 29 and 24. That wouldn't really be, you know, all that cool of a thing to present. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot. It's an ambitious list. But look at all the things he accomplished in the first year. Pretty impressive, frankly. Uh, if you are thinking about a, a home improvement project you need to work on, you uh, need to fix something that you or the kids broke or that you tried to repair yourself and need to help with it, um, <laughs> sometimes that happens, or you're just trying to improve things, uh, you know, doing a remodel, whatever the case may be, if you need hardware supplies, Pensacola Hardware. But also, if you need hardware advice, you know, how do I fix this thing that I already did wrong, um, or how do I do it right the first time and don't have that problem, Pensacola Hardware. Because, you know, sometimes when you go to the hardware store, it can feel like, you know more than the clerks, you know, can feel that way. And so you, you kind of like, do I even want to bother asking? Is this just going to cost me more time to ask? And they're not going to know. Well, when you go to Pensacola Hardware, you will not have that response. You will, they genuinely know the industry. They genuinely know how to solve the problems. They have done it, helped it, advised it. And especially if you're like a professional builder, they probably know the, the building inspectors. They know the codes. They know how to help you make sure that you get the thing done just right. And that's the point is you're going there for the institutional knowledge as well as all of the great supplies and products that they have on hand. Pensacola Hardware, the oldest business in the entire state of Florida, right downtown at 20 East Gregory Street. This is Claire Stewart with the University of West Florida. Did you know that UWF has educational programming available to individuals of all ages? Learn about the curriculum provided through our leisure learning program at UWF with Valerie Taylor and Julie Stillrollin on the Pensacola Expert Panel. That's today at 9 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 923. Is your house making you sick? If you have high indoor humidity levels due to excess moisture, it could be. High humidity levels cause mold, mildew, and bacterial growth, among other things, and are very hazardous to your health. If you have condensation on your vents or windows, blistering paint, or cupping hardwood floors, it's time to call Southern Climate Solutions. They'll customize a permanent solution to control your indoor environment, eliminating the hazards of high humidity and excess moisture. Find them online at southernclimatesolutions.com. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Mary on Demand is live. Start your marijuana education journey today and learn more with Mary on Demand. Take the self-guided education series at your own pace. You'll decide what you'd like to learn and when. Visit mary.famu.edu to learn more. That's M-M-E-R-I dot F-A-M-U dot E-D-U. Mary, educate, learn, talk. Join Stephen Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College on the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow at 10 a.m. Key Marine Center is sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service Technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. It's a dream team, so join them tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. Informative, local, dependable. I understand what you're saying and your comments are valuable, but I'm going to ignore your advice.
So I had that one friend in high school who exposed me to all the cool music. Because <laughs> prior to that, I basically had gotten, um, I don't know, the 50s and the 60s from my mom. And I got the uh, 70s from my stepdad, all the har- all the classic rock from my stepdad. Uh, my my biological dad uh, did, did not get music from my, my biological dad. Mm-hmm. My, he, he likes jazz or something so <laughs> did not pick that one up um and classical also from mom um but then i had that friend in high school you know and, and oh and you know like top 40s is basically what i was listening to in junior high but then i had that friend in high school kevin and uh he's like here's some generation x here's some angry simones here's some xdc you know i'm like oh yeah <laughs> did he wear stuff. doc martin boots uh he did uh-huh. he did as a matter of fact and he had a yeah. giant mohawk mm-hmm. uh and uh he was a great kid and um well, there's a sad story behind all that too, but no, I, 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 so much of the music that I love, you know, I wouldn't know The Clash or, I mean, so much, I wouldn't know Depeche Mode, you know, all the, that whole range and probably would have never grown into, golly, like Nine Inch Nails or Ministry of any, any of that kind of stuff. Too. And yeah, no, I mean, you, I don't hear, I don't play a lot of that. I play a lot of the, you know, Van Halen, more popular rock type stuff, but just know that's in there. That stuff's in there. And uh, again, because of you know a particular person, five fifty eight on News Radio ninety two three, informative, local, dependable. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David, former President Trump likely will not be speaking during the closing arguments of his civil fraud trial in New York today. He did make a last minute request to speak, but the judge overseeing the case set strict limits on what he could say. His lawyers reportedly did not agree to the terms. Hunter Biden set to be arraigned today in downtown Los Angeles on nine federal tax charges. He's expected to plead not guilty on the three felony and six misdemeanor counts. And the purse for the 150th Kentucky Derby is going to set a new record this year at $5 million. Churchill Downs announced uh, this week that the purse has been raised by $2 million. Uh, this is the first boost for the Derby in five years. The winner's share is going from $1.86 million to $3.1 million. How much was that increase? $3.1 million. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're that. welcome, sir. Uh, <laughs> oh, and you know what? I I still, I've, I've, I had to go back and just double, triple verify, but I believe yesterday was 10 years for me doing this. I mean, simultaneously feels like I've been doing it forever and also like we just started last year. Uh, but 10 years, so thank you so well, All right. Uh, thank you, Jake. No, but thank you. Uh, it would not have been possible. In sep- in other locations, it wouldn't have worked. So the people of Pensacola in this area have really Local welcomed talk us. In the morning, I appreciate five that. To nine with Andrew McKay is on News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.